a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. Please check out the 2019 Fly Gear out now at your local dealer. Great stuff uh, and uh, fantastic colors. A new FR5 mid- mid-level boot as well. The new redesigned F2. Lots of things happening with the folks at Fly Racing. Lots of great things happening with the folks at Fly Racing. So please check them out. And thanks to Maxis and Alpine Stars as well. Maxis Tires, the MXST tire is out now. And uh, please check them out. This is a, their entry into a premier level of tires and uh, developed by Jeremy McGrath and and honestly, Maxxis is maybe the tire to have in the mountain bike category. So please check them out. Uh, Maxxis.com. Alpine Stars protects A1 Chess Pro, A4 Chess Pro, Tech 10, Tech 7s. You know the name Alpine Stars. Seemingly uh, every t- pro has worn Alpine Stars at one time or another out there. And they Alpine and their, their, their slogan is simply Alpine Star protects, which uh, they do. And they do well. And they make good quality stuff. So please check them out as well. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Brian Deegan's coming up, and uh, yeah, I, I I don't know if Deegan really knew me or not, but he he'll, you'll hear he says he does know me, and he even says uh, good job on the radio show. So that that part's good. Uh, I hung out with Brian a lot in '97 because my rider Ty Birdwell, uh, Kenny Watson, who was managing Moto Triple X, uh, Watson used to work for Birdwell, so I was. Birdwell wanted to hang out with Watson, and they had Moto Triple X, and I was just this weirdo Canadian kid, but it was. It was uh, it was cool. So we parked by them a lot. We hung out with them in Florida for a few weeks. Um, Deegan and myself and uh, and Watson and we went riding a few times and went to dinners and, and almost every Supercross we pitted with those guys and that's another story. But anyways, I got to know Deegan a little bit like back then and obviously we lost touch and when he had spikes on his shoulder pads, I didn't really see him or hear from him much. But. Uh, I always defend Brian in a sense of if something comes up about him, you know, being this rebel guy uh, and not caring about motocross. I'm like, no, 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 no. That that kid used to train a lot and he used to try really hard and he rode with a lot of heart. And uh, obviously he got disillusioned and left Supercross, motocross, and went on to great things from there. But I remember the Brian Deegan, I remember, uh, tried his ass off at dirt bikes and was a very good rider. So uh, take a listen to this podcast. Uh, also, too, shopdeegan38.com. And uh, lots to do with Deegan and Hayden Deegan's coming up. His kid, his kid's sounds like a pro already. He uh, sounds great, and uh, he, and that guy's going to do great things from the people I talk to. He's on track to be a very good professional um, from people who follow the amateur scene closer than I do. So yeah, please uh, shop Deegan thirty eight dot com. He's got a documentary coming out also. So I really enjoyed this podcast. Brian Deegan, Hayden Deegan, coming up here on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. And now, as promised, X Games. Champion, Supercross winner, all-around corporate CEO, company builder, Brian Deegan. What's up, Deegan? How are you, man? <laughs> uh, good. Yeah, just awesome. Busy, run around as usual. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, life's good. Good, good to hear. Yeah, your uh, your name came up a few times the other night on the show. Kenny Watson was in and telling some stories, and you know how that goes, uh, as usual. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kenny's, uh, you know, I got to think back to the past of, Working with him as he's my mechanic, and uh, man, we had a lot of fun. A lot of funny stories for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Does look people? I'm sure there's people that you meet all the time that just think of you as a as a truck dr- truck racer, X Games guy. You know, uh, owner of Metal Militia. Does the the Supercross win and Moto Triple X and Chaparral? Does that seem like a lifetime ago, Brian? Yeah, 
That definitely does. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember when uh, Supercross win was, you know, that was in 97 mm-hmm. when it hit its kind of 20-year anniversary. <laughs> that was pretty old. Like, I was like, you know, I always feel like you kind of age yourself when you watch a kid come from the amateurs and then get all the way to the pros and retires. Yeah. You know, then you're feeling kind of old. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> it's. Uh, I know we were thinking about it, too, yesterday or the other day on the show, and we're like, holy smokes, that was a long time ago. But you've done so much. You've had these different... Uh, eras or different phases of your life, you know, and that was a that was one that was a long time ago, and people don't even maybe realize how badass you were on a motorcycle, dirt bike racing, you know. Yeah, I think you know everyone. If you're to get labeled, I think people label me as like an X Games guy. Yeah, and, uh, you know, if I when I call people or you know call call sponsors or stuff like that, that's the one thing that usually stands out the most. Like people understand that the best. If you're like, hey, I do X Games, everyone kind of understands that. Yeah, so. That's, you know, been the strongest point of my career, although the one move that people bring up the most out of everything I've done, it's always that, you know, L.A. Coliseum Ghost Ride. Oh, it is, huh? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, out of everywhere I go, you know, I'll be at the grocery store, you know, so usually there are people in their 40s, and they're like, (laughs) I was there that night, I was there. Right. And I'm like, crazy. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, you're you're back into the mix as far as, you know, this is podcast is on Racer X, and my audience is big racers. Uh, you're back in a way with with Hayden, your son, Danger Boy, uh, winning Loretta's again. And from people I talk to, he's got a very bright future. And Brian Deegan, the mini dad, that is what you are now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah, you know it's funny because I, you know, look back and think about all the other years I raced with my dad, and you know, my dad was just so much different than me at the races, mm-hmm. and. You know, he was always like, good job, you know, no matter win or lose. He's always like, oh, that was great, you yep, know. Yep. And I think there's a whole different level of intensity now with <laughs> with my son and, and, you know, all my kids. I just, I don't know, I just feel like we're just way more intense in racing. You know? Yeah. What do you, what do you see different? Is it just more professionalism and more intense from your days at the ranch? I mean, before you turn pro, what's the, I mean, I, there must be, you know, shit tons of differences, but what's a couple that stand out for you? I'm going to say, you know, what I remember back when I raced was, you know, me and my dad were sleeping in a van. We, you know, kind of showered at the, at the shower, uh, community showers and mm-hmm. kind of just ate from the snack bar. And, you know, it was it was uh, really, you know, low-level racing, right? And, and I feel like there was a few, you had the few factory mini kids that stood out, you know, like it was Emig and Button and, yeah. you, know, you know, those guys. So now, as you look at it, you know, we're pulling up. we got two coaches, factory semis, you know, <laughs> factory bikes, uh, yeah. parts allowances. You know, there's there's multiple factory rider kids, you know, and yeah. it's just a different. But, hey, the pits are exactly the same. The racetrack is <laughs> exactly the same. Yeah. The ordinance, you know, the, the, the race runs. I mean, you can't even tell what year it is if you, if you, you know, as far as watching the race or, yeah. or how it's run and organized and the yep. facility, if that hasn't changed in 30 years or whatever, 40 yep. years. Um, you're always a guy, look, and we'll get into some stuff later, you know, maybe in a bit, but uh, before you went, you know, and kind of had this outlaw image of triple X or, or stiffy or whatever, uh, you trained hard, you rode hard, uh, you always tried your best for the most part, uh, from what I saw and remember and everything else uh, on the track. So what kind of stuff have you... What kind of stuff have you really taught Hayden as far as your racing career? Does it does it even relate? Does any does any of that stuff like when you were you know just like him, an up and coming kid? Um, does that relate at all to you? Yeah, I feel like it's you know it's definitely tough at this time around as a parent. You know, I feel like you know for me, I had to work harder because I only had one bike. You know, I didn't have a lot of support. My dad was a teacher. We didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. You know, and I knew if I was going to make it, I had to outwork everyone. And uh, and so, you know, I was running every day, training. I never mm-hmm. drank soda, never drank. Like, I was so serious about trying to have the edge, yep. you know, by outworking everyone. And I feel like that's a tough thing to instill in kids nowadays. Like, because, <laughs> right. you know, you're, you're handing them, you know, the best bike, the best yeah. parts. And you don't want, you're like, man, trust me, I thought about buying a 10-year-old KTM and making them ride it for a year and just going, dude, <laughs> this is reality, dude. Like, this is like... Right. You're gonna learn that what's good and bad, you yeah. know. And, and but it's hard because you're so competitive, and yeah. 
you know. But we you know I have good trainers like with Charles Dow and Icon like down the street. There's mm-hmm. there's guys that click with Hayden and click with the kids and they have fun training and they make it into something, you know, a little little better than what yeah. we have. But that's what I kind of see the differences. And it, it's a tough game there. That's a tough one. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is, right? Um, For you, look, a lot of parents, a lot of kids live through their, uh, a lot of parents live through their kids and, you know, want them to be this, this, this great supercross racer and everything else. I would guess with you, Brian, at some point, did you just say, hey, Hayden, how serious do you want this? How much do you want to be, you know, the next Eli Tomac or the next Ryan Dungey? At some point, was there that conversation and you're like, okay, I'm in, but you got to want it? Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, Hayden, when he was young, the bottom line is we, I didn't, I got out of motocross around 99 when I yep. started X Games and and I really didn't look back. I didn't. I was like, I'm done with moto. You know, that was a cool era, but I'm done with it. Mm-hmm. And then Hayden, you know, was three or four years old, and I had him on dirt bikes for fun. He kept begging to go to the motocross races. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to go back. <laughs> so, so, so I thought, you know what? Like, he's going to get into maybe karting or car yeah. racing and, and some other stuff that we're doing. And so he begged enough. We took him to Brown Oaks, and mm-hmm. we thought, okay, we put him on a 50 senior, and then, you know, there's a little beginner track in the back, and he was battling with some little kid, and, and we were like, oh, this is cool, kind of getting the fever. Yep. But then we looked over at the main track, and there's like 40 peewee riders that, are, you know, in a main event racing that were hauling ass, like yeah. jet rebels yeah, yeah. all the on, on a rough track, and it was like, whoa, that's sketchy. Like, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if I want my kids doing that. It looks scary, you know? And, yeah, yeah. And, so he kept begging, and then once we realized we had him in the wrong peewee class, he was younger, and we needed to give him a little peewee, he actually started excelling. And then I realized, dang, he's one of the fastest kids in the nation once I figured it out. Yeah, and, yeah. And, they, <laughs> and, that, and then once we did that, it was game on. Yeah. Like once, yeah, once he started dominating, I think I took over, you know, and I was right. like, all right, here we go. And so. So the point is, yes, from a young age, he was hanging out, you know, posters on his wall. Yeah. He, he was like, I really want to race. And I've always told him, I said, hey, any day you don't want to take these risks, you don't want to put in this work, you don't want to, you know, have the goals of being the best, just let me know. Right. Because I love racing, but we'll go race something else. We'll go race cars, we'll go do this, we'll go do yeah. that. It's up to him. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, I'm like, this is up to you, dude. And if you're in it, let's be in it. Let's yep. be in it to win, okay? And that's kind of been our attitude. You know, and he's he's been having fun. He 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 does his motos, he does his work, and he's still a kid. He still plays and does all his other things too. Yep. Um, I know you're kind of racked up over the years from some injuries. How do you moto at all anymore? Do you get on a bike? What I would say because of Hayden, I ride uh, uh, more than I probably ever would. Okay. You know, you know the guy. I still have ramps at my house. Jack. A lot of guys still train there. I, I still ride ramps with them when I have time. And then um, I ride moto a lot. You know, I go to Paula almost every Tuesday. Oh, do you? Okay. All and right. ride with Aiden. Yeah, I love, like, I feel like moto is still my edge to racing off the yeah, truck. Yeah. And staying young, just making you feel like you're alive, really. Yeah. I think I'll always ride. How's, then, the, you know? how's the skills, Deegan? How, how are we doing on that? How's that? <laughs> I think, I think you know, I still got Hayden covered for now. But, <laughs> yeah. but um, once he gets on a super mini, it's right. over. I'm on a 450, so that's my only advantage. <laughs> and, um, you know, and everyone's always like, oh, your kids are going to smoke you. I, yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Like, that's my, what I train them to do, you know? Like, right. So, anyway, I... I love riding, and I wish I, the only thing that holds me back is my physical conditioning and, and broken bones. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. But uh, um, I love it. Yeah, people. Uh, you know, I, I was Birdwell's mechanic for a little bit, hung out with you yeah. guys in '97. I and, remember. And I tell people, and I tell people like. Dude, Brian used to get up and go for a run in the morning before we went to motos, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. he was he was into it. Even though it was Moto Triple X, you know, yeah. and all of this shit, the guy wanted to be, you know, the best. He wanted to be a champion, you yeah. know? And, and yeah. you know, so, you know, people kind of have this image of you, I think, and I don't know if it totally lines up to, to how you were, you know, when you were giving it 100% in moto. And that's hard because I know my kid sees that he sees like oh dad you were a you know rebel and yeah you know freestyle i'm like no there's a point where i was you know the probably one of the best privateers in the sport and, yeah and yeah. i really think i should have had a factory ride at one or two of those years and and i didn't get it you know yeah. and so that's because my attitude and, and i go so i try to teach them through that but mm-hmm. yeah and there was a there was a time you know it was like had a few good years yeah um 
I was watching the X Games a little bit, Brian, and I I don't know. Maybe I'm just too damn old. I don't know what's going. What what's up with freestyle moto these days? How much are you into it? What do you think of the X Games now? What do you think of these tricks and and some of the things that guys are doing? I know you know Pastrana came on the Pulp Show a little while ago and talked about that this stuff's next level and like where are we at in the state of freestyle motocross? Mm, I think freestyle motocross is you know for, for the risk versus reward. Mm-hmm. I think the risk has gotten way high. I yep. think. You know, Pastrana's done awesome by keeping the guys employed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his, their airbag system has been great, and it's really helped elevate the sport. Mm-hmm. But now double backflips are standard in your run. And the sport has been pushed to such a high level, and I just feel like the crowd has almost gone numb to it. Yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, that ain't a secret. And I think what's carried freestyle back in the day if you look at our chicks, our chicks were lame. Like, we were doing, like, lame sea grabs. And, yeah. But it wasn't about that. It yeah. was about our character, about the action, about who we were when we came out onto the onto the course. Yeah. Like, I just feel like that's what freestyle is missing. And I think, um, you know, Jacko still holds that. There's a few guys that still hold true to that. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like that's what the sport's missing. You know, social media is still strong. Like, guys are still doing great with that. But right. the risk versus reward is still a little scary for me nowadays, you and, know. And I think the demos have slowed down, right? The ability to make money off demos and that kind of stuff is, is not as strong as it was? I think nowadays the demos are still out there, but, the you know, the value has dropped. Yeah, you know, yeah. Drastically. You know, we went from five grand a day to probably now 500 bucks a day. And you're, and you're just doing backflips, if not double backflips. <laughs> when, yeah. when you do a flip, people are yawning. Right, you know? right. So, yeah. I don't know. I just think it's such a gnarly sport. I give it all the respect. Well, I love it. Oh, yeah. But it, it just doesn't get the value pay-wise as it should. No, absolutely. Hey, that sounds like super cost, though, Deegan. Nothing's changed, by the way, in case you're wondering, for the value yeah, of you know <laughs> Exactly. And I feel like, you know, my son... You know, with my daughter, you know, going into NASCAR, has a deal with Toyota now, and yep. she's going to get, get a true shot at racing NASCAR. And and I look at that, and I'm in these two different worlds now. And, right. you know, I, love, I, I have the motocross fever, and I love it, you know, but I see the reality of it, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it's so it's so uh, much work, you know, so much training, eating right, living it every yeah. day in the, in, in the injuries. And, and you just think of the value. Oh, there's only a handful of guys that make enough money to retire from it. Yeah. And it's just the reality is tough. What? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you do, right? Do you go for the brass ring? Do you go all out and gra- try to grab that ring? And hopefully you're one of those 2%, right? Or what? You know, yeah. I think that's the dream that everyone's living off, right? Mm-hmm. So I think everyone at Loretta's, everyone coming through, everyone spending their money is like, man, my kid's going to be the next Villapoto, the next, you know, and which is true. I mean, everyone's trying for that, but only one guy's going to do it. Yeah. And so, you know, I feel like my reality is if my son could stay healthy, and we build his social, we build his brand, we, you know, along the way, because Moto is so strong with social. And, you know, I don't know why they just get it. So, compared to Kari yeah. and everything else. So, my ultimate goal is if my son wants to go through Moto and, and work hard and stay focused and hopefully avoid major injuries and, you know, able to make it and win a life title, yeah. I think that's the goal. And from there, kind of like it's up to him from there. You yeah. know, I think. You know, if you want to go car racing, you know, cool. If right. you want to do this, cool. If you want to do social and do, I don't know. Like, yeah, I yeah. just feel like that's a cool, realistic goal. You know, going to 450s is a whole nother thing. I just feel like it's so much work and effort and, and for the payoff. Yeah. It, it, it's just a tough sport. You know, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm no, yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, I, I've been around all these guys, maybe not Dunge very much because he didn't really like me, but, um, I, I've been around most of those guys at the training facilities in Florida. I've talked to them. I've become friends with them. They're not necessarily happy people. It is so much commitment and so much work to be a 450, you know, badass dude that, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a different deal for, for most people. I don't know if everybody wants to be all in like that, you know? Yeah. And it's only getting more and more, you know, and yeah. it's kind of, it's cool. People are being able to do supercross careers now only. You know, that's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, the good thing about that, you're at five-star hotels. you got hospitals close. You know, there's a lot of benefits to that. 
And, and um, but in the end, you got to think you're dedicated this for you know every day of your life for yeah. ten years. And hopefully in 10 years, you're like, okay, I put away four or five million bucks. I put it with an, with an investor. I don't have to work anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's the best case scenario. Right. Uh, All right. Yeah. So I don't know. So you're a nice test place guy at a factory. You're making, you know, two to three, four hundred grand a year. You can't retire on that. No, no. You know? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just weird to me. That's why I think building a brand is so important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, you've won truck racing. You've won gold medals on X Games on ESPN. You've won a Supercross. What's the coolest thing, Brian, for you? Like, what, what, what? what looking back, like, what, what kind of a, a rush or high or rally car stuff or whatever it is, is it, do you think was the is this the ultimate for you? Man, that's a tough one. You know, I always have to say winning that, like winning the Supercross, is probably the biggest high. Yeah. Of- career just because it was so much work went into that <laughs> right. so many days of sprinting at the park so many days of eating rice just the, the whole thing all that was a big accomplishment yeah. you know winning x games that that was awesome mm-hmm. but i still think that that motor car supercross win was it and then rally car winning gold at x games that was a huge moment uh-huh. just because i was not a car racer right and so that was a huge accomplishment and i think those, those stack on the top of the list but, you know, I, I don't know. The, mo- the Supercross win's got to be the one. <laughs> uh, yeah, you and the Bear worked hard that year. Mark, yeah, Mark you Smith. Think, yeah. 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 yeah, Mark Smith slept on my floor. Yeah. I rented, I rented a room from Sandra Peters mm-hmm. and, and, you know, Mark Peters. And, and I slept, dude, it was crazy. Like, we had no money. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I had, like, one, one practice bike that I that I rode, you know, and, and uh, we trained her. Yeah, I did three 20-minute motors a day on the Supercross check that we pretty much hand-built. Yeah, yeah. Just, I, I didn't get a ride no chest track. Right. I, one time, me and Mark snuck onto the Cali track, the Pro <laughs> Cali track. <laughs> and, um, and I remember, like, Casey Johnson or someone showed up. They're like, what are you doing, dude? And we just ignored him and kept motoring. <laughs> it had to be the most punk rock thing, you know. And I remember, I think Mitch told me, like, Mitch, you can't do that. Don't <laughs> stay off our track, you know. And I'm like, yeah. Stay off our right. track. Uh, and a lot of you know, a few years back, J-Law used to jump into the Honda track and jump out. There was like a yeah yeah. So your spirit lived on there, Deegan, with with Jay ju- jumping in and out of the Honda track till till Kehoe was like, dude, you can't do that. Stop it. Stop it. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, good times indeed. Um, when you were X Games guy, of course, you know uh, you had the, the the metal militia and and the black and the the spikes yeah. on the silver pa- chest protector, yeah. and Pastrana was the good guy, and you were the mm-hmm. bad guy. Um, any regrets about that or any, like, second thoughts of that kind of stuff? I mean, I'm just – I thought it was great. Uh, you know, it, like you talked about earlier, maybe 10 minutes ago, about playing a character and, and you know, and, and having stuff off the track. Um, but when you look back on that, do you, what do you think of when you see yourself in those days? You know what? I look back at that, and I feel like that was an era of my life that, you know, coming through Moto – and, I, you know, I – put out a documentary this year and it, and it aired on TV for a little bit and now uh-huh. basically it did well so I doubled the length of it. It's going to come out at the end of the year. Oh, cool. But it, 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 it basically it was done by Paul Tobley who did the movie yep. Unchained. Yep. It's a good really been good. So the point is that it tells the story of like when I was young, you know, my, my mom and dad divorced and, you know, my dad raised me and I had just a chip on my shoulder and I carried that through motocross. Mm-hmm. It didn't help me. Yep. And then I went into freestyle and I was pissed off. Like I was just a pissed off dude. And, and uh, so that's kind of why I went with the militia vibe. And, and that was us. Like we were really like that. And so the end of the day, yeah, I look back at it, but it was the right thing at the time for me. And I was able to build a brand make good, you know, good living off that. It helped yeah. me, you know, in return, raise my kids and let them race. Yeah. Um, so I, I can't say I regretted that, you know, I, yep. I definitely regret some of the things I did at the time, <laughs> right. but you know, but it yeah. was before cell phones and, and <laughs> it was like a good era. Right. I mean, right, I don't right. I need to think what it happened nowadays, yeah. but anyway, I don't, I live back at that. It was just part of, part of my life. It was a chapter, you yeah. know, and, and, you know, I've been there, done that. You know, now I'm to the kids, and, you know, I'm raising my kids a different way. You know, right. I feel like I got, I got through that anger time and, and moved on yeah. into more of a positive life, and, and it's been good for me. You know, I had that near-death experience yeah. where I crashed 
lost a kidney and spleen doing Viva La Bam. And that was the life-changing moment. As I tell in the documentary, it's, it was in old May of 05, and that was the day, you know, I was dying, and the doctor said I wasn't going to live, and I went into surgery, and I just remember praying to God, like, please let me live, and I know I'll change my ways, and, and you know, I woke up, tubes everywhere, and, yeah. and, you know, I had to change my ways, and I did, and, and it was hard, you know, I'm not perfect still to this day, but at yeah, that yeah. moment, it was a life-changing experience, so yeah. my point is, now, you know, life's more positive, you know, I have my negative times, but, it, you know, now, yeah. though, it's a different outlook, you know, I'm raising my kids a different way. Yeah, oh, so, that's, yeah that's, that's cool, that's a, that's a yeah. neat thing for you to say and look back on, you know, like, like you, you know, it's not awesome when you look back on it, but you also wouldn't change it, it is what it is, and it really helped you, you know, I, I mean, it definitely, it definitely made those games more interesting, Deegan. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, like you don't just don't see it anymore, right? No, and, no. you know, and Pastrano was badass. No, 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 no hands down. You know, but was there a few wins given to him when they should have been mine? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly, right? He, he was. It was a cool era, but damn, he was a tough guy to compete against. I know, sure. right? Um, Metal Metal Militia, the company you f- you founded with Link, Link Loggle, uh, of course, is very, very successful. How much? I mean, Brian, I, I don't even know. Maybe this is a dumb question. How much are you involved day-to-day with it now? Uh, basically, it was licensed with La, La Jolla, and they ran it for many years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, hit its, it, it hit its trend when that was trending and blew up. Yep. A lot of still a lot of things, you know. And then the trend, obviously, that trend of, you know, black socks, flat bill hats, and yep. that, you know, we feel like we started that. And, and now that trend is not hot right now, right? So. Yep. Um, so that the company, you know, I was kind of like, hey, let's change with the times. Let's, you know, let's keep advancing this company and, and, and maneuver. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, having a partnership with a partner that didn't see eye to eye with that, wanted to keep it to how it was in 99. I, I just kind of felt, you know, that I had to, you know, change directions with my life personally. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, okay, that's cool. Yeah. And I, you know, I learned a lot from that. And I, and, I, and I focus on my kids now and my Deegan 38 line and, you know, tires, wheels, just a bunch of other stuff yeah. that about it. it's been positive. And, you know, I just le- kind of learned my lesson with that. But, but Militia still is on. It's still it's with a new license now. It still sells online. Yep. You know, it's still there for the, for the core guys that want to want to run it. It's yep. cool. You know, it's that, that different vibe for right. sure. Um, if you don't, you don't have to tell us. But what what did you gross in sales? What was the peak? <laughs> what was it? Was it nuts? Was it nutty, Deegan, or what? Yeah, you gotta think. Like the thing started from zero. Right, right. right. So started from zero. We never put any money into marketing. Within, I think it took about probably almost ten years. So stuff doesn't happen overnight. Okay, yeah. everyone thinks yeah, yeah. It was ten years of broken bones and you know <laughs> ups and downs and this that. Until, you know, it hit, and then, you know, right at the mark of $3 million in sales, we, that's when we said, okay, I can't run this anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Handed it off to a big company, yeah. and they took it, and it, the highest year was like $40 million was the wow. highest year in gross in sales. Yeah. Not to say I got that much. No, no, of course, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, and a lot went back to the team and marketing, yep. you know, but, you know, the, the license basically grows like it took a wow. lot of that money. And then it rode its wave. So we had our good years, you know, I'm yeah. not complaining. Yeah, you know, no. it, was, it was an awesome run. And I think I, you know, I don't know. We'll see if it ever re- resurfaces again to, to the level it was. But okay, so <laughs> yeah, that was just that era. And it started. With you writing it on your fender or something, the words "metal militia" is that right? That's how it started. Yeah, it, it was a real rebel time, right? <laughs> when we, we we didn't want to be a part of motocross or supercross, we wanted to do our own thing. Right. And then yeah, we were you know, just writing it with magic markers, spray painting it on stuff. <laughs> and then we said, okay, if we start making some T-shirts, it will maybe people will buy them, and then it yeah. kind of kick off from there in '99. Yeah. So it'll be like a 20 year anniversary coming up in 2019. So, right. Right. Kind of crazy. No, absolutely, absolutely, man. It's it's a nuts that you've been able to do that. Congratulations on that. You know, like it, it's got to be. Yeah, it's just just a phenomenal story, right? Although, like you said, it took ten years of hard work and, and promotion and everything else for it to grow. Yeah, I think people think, oh, it happened overnight. It was easy. You know how uh-huh. many meetings, how many you know ups and downs. You know that you know how many no's I got. How many you know it was it was a grind. Yep. You know, and not and and then I learned a lot in business. I learned a lot about partnerships a lot about just it taught me a lot yeah. and so you know i get it you know motocross supercross didn't really you wasn't that pumped on it but the one thing i do laugh about remember when we actually got to sponsor star yamaha yeah yeah that's right <laughs> yeah you did 
Yeah. And we actually had like a Martin and Cooper Webb wearing militia gear. <laughs> yes, that's right. Isn't that kind of funny? Like, right. you think about it. And we were supposed to sign them the next year, and it was a pretty small deal. It wasn't mm-hmm. even a ton of money. And, and, uh, and then we just, whatever, man, parted into eye to eye on it. He went and signed it, and it was just a big whatever. And yeah. so I was so bummed because they went out and won the, both titles next year. And then I almost felt bad. I'm like, they would have been in militia gear winning the title. <laughs> <laughs> and you would have been like, check it out. You would, hey, would you have called Duke Finch yourself and been like, hey, Duke, check this out? Check it out, dude. <laughs> I made it. I don't know. Uh, I just feel like that was a funny one. Like, I don't know. That was a pretty – I can't believe we pulled that one deal. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Well, you did something with your Mickey Thompson Deacon line of uh, tires, too, with them, right, I think? As well? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah, I got Mickey Thompson to support the team. I've always loved, you know, being a part of the motocross teams and being on the other end of it. And, yep. and I think, you know, I was able to get Mickey Thompson over there and – and help with that. And, you know, the Deegan 38 tires are something I was able to build with Mickey Thompson. And that, that works perfect for off-road because yep. that's where I, you know, I graduated to off-road racing. Yep. And, um, and I just thought, okay, I did it with clothing, you know, in action sports. Let's, what's the biggest thing in off-road? It's tires. Mm-hmm. So I somehow worked it out to find a, a company that would build my tires and they've been a hit. They've done really well in the off-road community. So, it's been cool, you know, lifted trucks has always kind of been our thing. So. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, cool. Um, well, is there an X Games gold medal that means the most to you? I mean, there were some winter ones in there that was gnarly. Uh, there yeah. were some crashes. Like, was there? Is there one that means the most to you and that you can think about? I would say the winter X, yeah, one was probably the best. Like, I, and it was probably 04, I'd say, was when I went to Winter X and, and tried to do a 360 over that 100-foot ice jump. Oh, didn't, yeah. didn't get the rotation. I was above the ski lift when I let go. And and I fell back onto my hip, broke my, my hip in, like, 10 spots, my femur and both wrists. And uh, that was a really bad crash. And I was able to come back the next year from the same jump and, and win the gold medal. Yep. And that was probably the best, like, comeback story of my career, I would say. You are like, right, as far right. as freestyle. So that medal probably does mean the most. Is there an, an, a freestyle guy today that you watch, that you admire, that you that you like? You mentioned Jacko. Is there is there anybody else that, you know, either the Nitro guys or, or any somebody else that you watch that you can go, man, that guy's sweet? Yeah, I would say the top guys in freestyle that, got, that have my attention that are all, like great people, good characters, are definitely Jacko, Bilko, um, you have, uh, that think, you know, he's funny, he's mm-hmm. a good character, Harry Bink. Those guys that I give Pastrana credit, he's like farming these guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and he's been such a strong pivotal point for freestyle motocross. You know, he's just been a, a good a piece of it. I could, you should have done that, Deegan. That would have been, that could have been you. You got the money to do it. You could have launched this <laughs> Brian Deegan Warp Tour Nitro Boom Boom Huck Jam Tour starring Deegan and his friends, right? I thought about it. Did you? And, uh, yeah, I did, actually. And, you know, we did the Krusty Demons tour in Australia. Yeah. We went back a few years later and did a Metal Militia tour in Australia. Oh, you did? Okay. And, and yeah, it yeah. did pretty well. The original promoter, though, that we did Krusty's with, that kind of, like, pushed out the OGs, hired new kids for cheaper, kind of undercut everyone. Mm-hmm. That was our first kind of big battle. He's the one that eventually ended up, Mike Cora, partnering oh, yeah, up yeah. with yep. So I think Pastrana had hard times with him also. And I, and I think that, in the end, I just didn't want that headache, you know? Right. Like, it's, it's a lot on your shoulders when you're, sure. you're employing people. So... You know, I, I give them all the credit in the world for doing it, you know? Right, right, absolutely. Um, before we get Hayden on here, which would be cool, on the uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast show presented by Alpine Stars and Maxis, before we get Hayden on, uh, Deegan, if you if you don't clash with Brooks in, like, 96, right, and, yeah. and you don't quit Triple X, uh, threw your helmet into a crowd at High Point, what you, doing. <laughs> uh, um, you told me that for the Moto Triple X uh, oral history story I wrote. Um, yeah, can't you try to write, make me write an apology letter? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just said, all right, I quit. <laughs> and I quit. <laughs> um, but if you don't do all that, like, what happens to you? Look, you've been you've been enormously successful. Uh, you know, off once you left Moto after you got your win and everything else. But what if you what if you just take it to you know you don't fight with Brooks. Or you don't quit to relax, and you really pursue this supercross, motocross stuff. Like, 
How far do you get? Do you ever? I, uh, I, I doubt you think about it, but you know what I mean. No, I have. I've have thought you? Okay. That many times. I've always thought, okay, that was that year of '97 when I won the Supercross, and I should have got the factory ride. Uh, Ferry got hurt on Factory Suzuki that year. Someone was hurt. And there was uh-huh. a Factory bike sitting there. Yeah. And um, they ended up giving it to Damon Huffman, or no, Ryan Huffman. Yeah. Um, the bike, and, and, I, and that was the when I eventually just was crushed. I was like, okay, I'm done. And so I was like, but if I would have got that factory ride, if I would have got on a factory team, I think I could have done pretty well racing. Mm-hmm. I think I would have been in the game. I don't know if I would have been like back-to-back champion, yeah, yeah, but I think yeah. I think I would have had you know some successes. But what does that mean? That means uh, I would have raced for 10, 12 years. You know, and then what do I do after that? Yeah, yeah. What would I have done? I don't know, you know. Hopefully I was smart enough at the time to start a brand within motocross with me or align myself with a brand within motocross. I mean, I was always a business guy, and I always had to think that mindset. So mm-hmm. I'd like to think I would have done something, but you know, uh, I don't know. That's, yeah, that that question is always kind of hard. Yeah, because you know? when you look at your vault, like Racer X vault of all your results, like, dude. There's some seriously good results. Like, never mind the yeah. win. I mean, there's only one win, but like lots of good national finishes, lots of good 125 Supercross finishes. Do you know what I mean? Like, people maybe forget oh, about yeah. that, but but so yeah, yeah, some podiums and outdoors. You know, some top five. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, so I think I should have had a factory ride. Like at the end of the day, I just did blew it because I had a bad attitude. Right. <laughs> or maybe Watson. You know? Watson had purple hair, and they were like, "We're not going to hire this dude." With, with yeah, this. yeah, yeah. I remember <laughs> that, that year of Chaparral in '96. Yeah, they we had a great year in '95 outdoors. Yeah, and '96, um, uh, Chaparral was like, "We do not want Kenny Watson." I felt so bad. I was yeah. like, "Dude, <laughs> Kenny's at my back," and, but I was right. like, "They're going to pay for my racing. I don't know what to do." Yeah, and, and so that was a tough one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, cool. Let's uh, let's bring Hayden in here. Race tech suspension and engines, people. Pulpamex 18 is the code to save. Breaking through the limitations of OEM designs, Race Tech specializing in high performance suspension, parts, service, and setups. Modifying stock suspension components to perform at the highest level. Discover why more top privateers trust Race Tech. Guys like the HEP Suzuki team. And many more in the pits use Race Tech for their suspension and engines mods. Pulpamex 18, you can save using the code. Please check them out, racetech.com. Do it. Maxxis Tires. From your bike to your truck and almost everything with wheels in between, Maxxis Tires will have you hooking up, pulling the whole shot, and beating your competition. One of the world's most trusted tire brands, Maxxis delivers high-quality tire products that perform no matter what the terrain or conditions. If you don't believe me, just ask the king, Jeremy McGrath. All right, now promised, uh, the the more famous Deegan in the motocross world right now, uh, Hayden Deegan. What's up, Hayden? How are you, man? Um, I'm doing good. How about you? I'm good, thank you. Hey, so how was Loretta's? Congrats on the title. It, I, I don't want to say it came easy, but from what I see, Hayden, you really did a, a great job all week long. Um, yeah, um, I came into that one uh, pretty confident. I was training a lot coming to that, so I uh, brought home uh, the 65-7-11 uh, championship, and I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah, it was, it was good. And, hey, no rain, right, all week, I heard, in Loretta's? Yeah. Yeah, I was pretty surprised about that. Usually it rains, like, every year. Right. Yeah, Brian, were you just, like, waiting for the rain to come at, at some point, probably? Yeah, if you look on our Instagram, you'll see we did a one whole day. Like, Hayden was done moto, and I said, dude, get in your gear. It's raining. Go get on the track. And we went and did a moto in the rain and the mud. <laughs> and I was like, you're going to be ready. When that rain comes, you're going to be ready. So, yeah, it never came. Oh, that's great. Brian, so we know Hayden's name is Danger Boy. Everybody knows that. Like, I talk to Ferry all the time, and he just calls him Danger Boy nonstop. So how did, <laughs> where did the Danger Boy nickname come from? What where, what happened with that? Uh, it came from we were just hanging out at our in our yard one day, and, you know, the guys were riding freestyle motocross, mm-hmm. and uh, Hayden was on, like, a little PW, and he started hitting these little ramps trying to do tricks. <laughs> uh, and then the guys, we were sitting around all laughing. I think collectively together we just said, you should call him Danger Boy. <laughs> and, and that was with, like, you know, all the freestyle dudes that hung out at the time. So it was pretty yep. fitting. Right, right. Okay, so that's how it worked. Uh, Hayden, who uh, 
Who do you want to be like? Who do you watch and admire? Or who do you like among the top guys right now in, in motocross? Um, I kind of admire um, Jason Anderson's style. I kind of want to have that style. I feel like I'm more like a more of an intensity, trying to get to the top fast. And um, I like uh, admire Ryan Dungey as well, but he's more of just like slow and smooth. Yeah, I'm kind of more like just like all over it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which which actually, Hayden, that means you're like Anderson because he's all over the bike. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, you like Ken Rock too. Yeah, yeah. How could you not like Kenny? Uh, yeah. And, and Brian, I see from following you on on social that you're getting Hayden started in Supercross like now, like early, like um, you know, got a little Supercross track. And so, what was behind that, Brian? I feel like you know, I, like growing up in amateur motocross, you know, I don't want to get long winded into this deal, but I'll just make this the short of okay, it. And we right. went, you know, went through Loretta's, went through Ponca, went through all the the amateur racing. And I go, okay, these kids are going to race Supercross when they're 16 to 18, which I think it should be 18, not 16, because the kids have to finish school. Uh-huh. And But uh, they go throw in them into a Supercross track. And, I mean, what is the preparation for this? And so I said, I'm going to try to just build a Supercross track for my kid, kid that's, that's, and let it grow as he grows in skill. And he's going to ride Supercross. That's going to be his main thing. And then we get enough motocross just with practice tracks and local amateur yeah. stuff. And, yep. and I go, so let's focus on Supercross. You know, my main thing is come Monster Cup someday, I want my kid to be comfortable. Yep. I want him to shine that day and, and, um, and shine in Supercross. And I want to, as a father, be comfortable with my son knowing he's ready mm-hmm. for Supercross when the day comes. And, I, you know, I feel like, you know, there is an amateur Supercross series coming next year. I think this sport really needs it. They really need yeah. it to, to raise these kids to learn how to race Supercross at a younger age. And I think France has done that. And, yep, you know, some do. of these other countries have done that. You've seen what's produced from that. So I think there's something there with that. Right. Hayden, how do you like Supercross? Uh, how do you feel on it? Do you like it? Um. Yeah, I uh, like Supercross a lot because I like how it's just like a lot of rhythms and stuff, and I've been able to do different uh, stuff to the rhythms. I like uh right now I'm kind of learning how to like triple through the rhythms on my 85 and stuff. Yep. So I like uh, kind of more the challenges and the Supercross stuff. Uh, Hayden, what you want to do is get good enough where you just get Supercross only contracts. Ask your dad; it's much easier. It's much easier that way. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Hayden, when do you move up to 85s? When does that happen? I don't know exactly how old you are or when that happens. When, when do you think? Um. Uh, yeah, I just got done with 65s. Out. I think that was my last race on a 65. Oh, okay. And yep. um, now I'm probably, yeah, 65s and... Right. Um, how do you, how do you uh, do you have to test much, Hayden? Do you, does your dad or KTM kind of tell you how to test the bike and set the bike up? And how do you do you, do you think about that a lot when you're out there and try to get a bike set up that works for you? I'm not sure how much there is to do um, on 65s, but yeah. Um, I don't do much really testing. Um, I do a lot with my motor guy uh, and my uh, suspension. We had kind of because I'm a little bit smaller, so I right. have to do a lot with the suspension and trying to get it right. Because usually either I get in head shake or I get in buck, so we have to figure out a whole bunch of stuff with suspension. So I'm mainly doing suspension testing. Brian, you're not changing jets. You're not if they're changing uh, changing main jets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Standard setup for the bike that kind of works everywhere. But Jamie Ellis from Twisted has really been working with us a long time, and he's been great. Yeah. Not far down the street. Okay. And, um, he, he's been good, and we, we ended up going over to Power Band on suspension, which has really been great. Okay. Uh, we kind of have setups right now that just been working. And um, so that's good. And KTM does go test once in a while with us as far as, like, when the new bikes come out. Yep. They'll have paid and ride them, um, just things like that. But KTM's like, five minutes from my house also. So, yep. I mean, we have a good relationship with those guys. Uh, it's just been, it's been working really well. Uh, Hayden, I saw that you had Ryan Hughes helping you out. How's that? Um, yeah, I like him as a trainer. He's really um, good into technique, which I kind of like because when I came in to start training with him, I was like, oh, my gosh, he's really into technique yep. and, like, me being on my toes and stuff and uh, doing motos. So I like how his whole setup is. 
And Brian, you're like, you're like, hey, Rhino, I used to hate you. I used to hate you, yeah. Brian. Rhino. <laughs> we talked we talk about the, the national at Steel City where he like kept running into me, and I trade checked him. And then we started fighting on the track. And I'm like, yeah. that was funny. It's funny how life revolves, right? Right, and how right. You end up being friends with the people. Like, it, and racing gets so intense. And, you know, I don't know. Oh, right. I laugh about all the stuff. Yeah. Uh, Hayden, you've watched your dad ghost ride the bike when he won the race? Oh no! Yeah, I've seen that. It's uh, kind of funny. <laughs> how many people want to? How many people want to talk to your dad about that? About that time? Um, a lot of people always come up to him and talk to him about that. I was thinking about it. My first Supercross race. I'm like, maybe I'll launch my bike off the. Dude, dude, you got to. You have to, Hayden. Yeah, there's the, Brian, right? He's got to. Yeah, I think there's a rule about it now. You know, I think that night. Um, I remember like Roger and Art and they went over there. They were trying to get me DQ'd that night because I wasn't on the bike when yeah, I crossed the yeah, yeah. And I think they made a rule about it. You know? Oh, they like, did? Oh. Yeah, I think he's going to have to at least make a turn and do it off the triple or something. Okay. We have, <laughs> we have to make this happen. Pulpomex will cover the fine. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> okay, it'll, okay. it'll be fantastic. Um, when, you, when you watch your dad in old videos, Hayden, what do you think? What do you think about when you watch him? Never mind the, the ghost ride, but uh, it's, is it, is it kind of weird? Um, sometimes, because he, he, like, back then he used to be kind of gnarly with all his buddies, but um, now he's kind of evolved and stuff, so it's kind of cool. And I liked watching him do, like, freestyle and stuff, so it was all <laughs> watching him back then. Yeah. What about, hey, Brian, what about uh, getting Hayden to do some freestyle stuff? Do you show him? Do, does he do any of it? Are you scared? <laughs> well, you, yeah, right. So you know online, you see he was the youngest kid to backflip a dirt bike. Oh, so, I didn't know this. I did not know yeah. this. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look online. It's on our YouTube channel, on our Deegan38 YouTube channel. And so he was, Jacko pretty much got him into that one when I wasn't around. They were hitting the home pit. <laughs> and then and then he comes and wants to flip. And I remember mom wasn't home. So he, it was like, mom was like, you better not ever let him flip a dirt bike. And um, and uh, and he did, and it was trouble. And, uh, but he landed it smooth, and everything yeah, yeah. was good. Right? And then I told him never hit the freestyle ramp at seventy five feet. Just do not do it. It's too big. I come home, he's hitting it, doing tricks, and and I'm like, I think he just enjoys riding a dirt bike, <laughs> end, right? So that that. It's a new school of riders now. You know? Right, right. Nice work, Hayden. I went riding a little while ago. I was scared of a twenty foot double. So nice, <laughs> nice work. Hitting, nice work hitting a Thank ramp. You. Yeah, no, that's that's really cool. I like that. Um, it uh, it sounds like you know you're on your way to being a professional motocrosser and and you want to do it a lot. And it's cool that your dad Brian helps you out and supports you. Do you? Uh, do you look up to some amateur racers at all, Hayden? Do you look at some guys and, and, and talk to them and want to be like some amateur guys? Um, yeah, I see a few, um, like, 250 riders and even some, like, super mini riders that I see their technique and how they're going fast. So I try to copy that and um, hopefully bring the same results that they give off. And um, I kind of look up to some of the amateur riders. What's the best thing your dad has told you for advice or for help? What's the what's the number one thing he's told you? Um, there's multiple of things, but probably like um, opening up my corners. That's what he tells me every time I ride. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he doesn't laugh with me every time I ride, and he shows me every corner how I should open it up. Oh, that's cool. How Deegan's get, Deegan, you're getting that corner speed down, Brian. That's yeah. <laughs> just like, it's like, dude, since I raced, the whole riding technique changed, right? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's all changed. The whole game changed, you know? You yeah. think of the guys that came in and changed the game. You know, McGrath changed the game. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, Stewart changed the game. And then, you know, Roxy changing the game. It's a, It's crazy. Yeah, no, you're, you're you're absolutely right about that. Well, Brian Deegan, Hayden Deegan, thank you for your time on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast uh, presented by Alpine Stars and Maxis. We really appreciate it. Brian, uh, congratulations on all of your success, man. It's been really cool to watch it from afar and see how you're you're killing it. And Hayden, I have no doubt that I'll be I'll be asking you how your bike setup is in a few years at a race. So be nice to me when I come by after a, a national or a Supercross and ask you, okay? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, thanks both of you. Uh, thanks, Brian. Thanks, Hayden.
Yeah, yeah, thanks for having us. I appreciate it. Like I said, I'm proud of you of what you've done with the radio show. It's pretty cool, dude. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, we were yeah. just we were just hanging out in uh, 1997 wondering what we were going to do, both do next. So. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. Right. Thanks, Hayden. Thanks. All right, thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. You know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. No problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts.